What do distributors really think about warehouse automation? How healthy are supply chains? We have new numbers to report. And what will freight rates look like in 2023? Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the Group Editorial Director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Aptian. Aptian is a global provider of mission-critical, industry-specific logistics and transportation management solutions. Aptian Routing and Scheduling delivers advanced transportation management systems to world-leading brands, helping them streamline daily operational processes. If you're ready to see savings of up to 30% and unlock the value of your transportation operation, Aptian can help. Visit Aptian.com and discover what's next now. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors, Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham, will be along to provide their insights into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, increased demand and fewer available workers the past couple of years have combined to accelerate the adoption of automation in distribution centers. But what do the end users of today's automation think about the available technologies? To find out, here is Ben with today's guest. Ben? Logistics technology is the hot field, never been hotter, and there are a lot of good reasons for that. Uh, the e-commerce boom, uh, pandemic demand surges, tight labor market, consumer demands through the roof, next day delivery, many others. And we hear a lot from technology vendors about how their products can help, but we recently got a chance to see some interesting research about what users think about distribution center automation and software. Here to talk with us about that today is Dan Gilmore, who is the chief marketing officer for Softion. That's the logistics technology provider that produced the report. Welcome, Dan. Ben, uh, thanks for having me today. Glad to talk with you again. Uh, Dan, I see that the headline news from your research is that uh, just under 13% of companies are actually satisfied with their current level of DC automation. Uh, could you share some background on the report and how you obtained that kind of information? Sure. So, you know, and you hinted at it at the beginning, there's just so much going on right now in terms of uh, distribution and uh, automation of, of numerous sorts. I mean, you've got obviously the ongoing trend of changing order profiles from, you know, pallet picking to case picking now, especially to each is picking with, uh, with e-commerce. And, and as you go that lower handling unit, uh, costs go up and uh, more interest in automating the process. Uh, you've got obviously the, the labor shortage that's going on there. You've got, you know, traditional tools that have been around for decades, uh, you know, radio frequency uh, devices, uh, you know, pick to light technologies. And then you've got, you know, newer things like automated mo autonomous mobile robots. Uh, you can have highly automated facilities, you know, major conveyor sortation, goods to person shuttle systems, et cetera, you know, down to kind of lighter tech, like things like put walls. So something I thought it'd be very interesting to just get a sense, you know, what was going on out there and, and allow uh, users to see what their peers are thinking. We did a survey, uh, wound up, uh, took several emails, as you know, it's uh, not easy these days, but uh, got 187 um, usable responses, which is a pretty good number uh, today in today's market. Um, and, uh, you know, across a range of revenue sizes and sectors, the two largest sectors by uh, percentage were uh, retail and third-party logistics, but we had 
food and beverage and wholesale and uh, virtually every other sector was represented one way or the other and had a lot of great companies uh, part of their portraits name drop a few uh, had target stores and mccormick spices tight so uh, tight uh, totes excuse me uh, dole foods several other a number of others and uh, all told I think we came out with a pretty interesting uh, set of survey data uh, got it. Yeah. Um, and and it, there's, there's some great points you made in there. Um, there's a big range of how people apply this stuff. Um, people use it very differently in different sectors. Uh, and, and like you said, there's some uh, light automation and some fuller automation. You looked at how effective companies believe their distribution operations are uh, along a couple of different dimensions, I think. Uh, what did you find on that? Yeah, so I've done this in the past where you kind of compare uh, how people think about their logistics process effectiveness versus their technology uh, distribution technology uh, effectiveness. So um, we asked that first about versus best in class, how would you rate your current, you know, DC, you know, process effectiveness and uh, just 11% uh, rated their themselves as highly effective versus best in class. Uh, with the plurality of 43% just kind of plain effective, which was the, the second choice. Uh, and then 29% were modestly effective, and a small number said uh, ineffective, mostly ineffective. So between the two, 54% rated themselves either highly or effective or just plain effective. But you compare that now with the responses for their distribution technology perspective, which obviously includes automation, and a much lower 39% said they were highly or straight uh, effectiveness uh, effective. Um, verse, and 21% who said they were not very effective, which is a big number, much higher than the, uh, uh, the rating for process effectiveness. Uh, on the subject of technology, one consumer goods company, we, had, we gave people a chance to leave comments and uh, one manager from a uh, consumer package goods company said, you know, most operational improvements are IT dependent and you can't change IT overnight, dash, unless it's a case of using what you already have better. I thought that was kind of an interesting perspective. So um, not surprisingly, people think they're better at process than they are at the technology and by rather uh, substantial margin. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, great point. Some of these things you really can't change overnight. Uh, so how are companies thinking about uh, DC automation uh, going by those numbers that you uh, picked up? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of data points in the uh, survey on this, so I'm just kind of going to handpick a couple of them here. Uh, in fact, just 6.2% of respondents characterize their operations as heavily automated. Uh, and so the point, you know, maybe there being that if you're not heavily automated and you think you're somehow falling way behind, that's probably not exactly true, even though there's a lot of activity certainly going on. Uh, in fact, 48% uh, of our respondents said their operations were mostly manual. Uh, with another 45% saying they were partly automated or moderately automated. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't mean they're happy with the status quo. Uh, and as you said, and kind of what we view as sort of the headline news from the report, uh, just 12.9% said they were very satisfied with their current level of DC automation, with a much larger 41% saying not satisfied and 45% saying just partly satisfied. So what this does is, as anyone who's out there in the market knows from kind of an anecdotal perspective, uh, there's a tremendous interest in uh, distribution automation right now. And this uh, survey uh, confirmed that that, uh, that level of interest was, was very high. Yeah, interesting. It's a really good reminder about, uh, you know, that, that gets a whole lot of attention uh, from us and, and other outlets and, and from companies as well about uh, these cool automation options. Uh, but there's a lot of manual labor out there, the, uh, you know, the, the, the Penetration in the space there uh, leaves a, a, a lot of time still to go. Um, but did you find out anything about what the top barriers are that companies see to adding this automation? 
Yeah, sure did. I mean, obviously, we, we just talked about how, you know, there are many folks that uh, companies out there that wish they could have more automation, but uh, there's some barriers and not surprising, you know, not surprisingly, uh, upfront cost tops the list. And uh, of the, we gave them seven or eight different choices that they could pick from and rank on a scale of one to seven, seven being the biggest barrier. Um, and uh, ROI concerns came in at number two. So that's not surprising. There, there are different things. Uh, can I get the capital in terms of the upfront costs? And then second, does it have a payback in terms of ROI? Uh, but obviously those you know, kind of financially related things uh, are not surprisingly, as I said, the top of barriers. But interestingly, concerns about having a lack of flexibility with automation came in number three. Uh, and that is something that you certainly hear out there uh, work in the marketplace or whatever. Um, but of the seven or eight choices we gave them, the lowest ranked barrier was it won't work in our operation. And I think that's important because it means very few companies don't think that automation of any type would make sense in their distribution operations. Uh, yeah, that's striking. It, it, you've mentioned uh, you know, some great context here, uh, talking about radio frequency, pick to light, um, you know, put walls and, and you know, uh, higher automation levels like AMRs and goods to person, but uh, did, did you also find anything out on the software side? Um, I, I'm wondering particularly about this newer category of warehouse execution systems or WES. Yes, um, matter of fact, we have several questions around both WMS and WES. And uh, you know, WES has been around actually for a pretty long time, but it's really just came into prominence the last few years uh, as a tool to better optimize picking productivity. Uh, but the WES still remains a pretty, little known um, and that showed up in our survey results just 11.6 percent said the respondents said they know a lot about WES uh, plus 6.3 percent that have actually implemented the software interestingly the top benefit associated with WES was improved effectiveness of material handling systems equipment while the second rated benefit was a much greater real-time visibility to activity and throughput and bottlenecks uh, throughout the distribution center so uh, you know had a, a lot of good uh, highlights in the report and uh, uh, you know, think uh, think we you know got some pretty good data here in terms of what people are thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Some of those challenges sound really familiar to what we've been hearing in the market as well. Um, it, it sounds like that's some some concrete data you guys picked up there that could be helpful. Uh, and, and speaking of that, um, you know, just to wrap things up in our conversation today, um, you know, that like we're saying, there's some some really useful stuff in here. Um, how do our listeners get a copy? Yeah, I appreciate you. And it's very non-commercial, to be clear about this. Uh, it's just educational and uh, you know, kind of benchmarking type stuff. So I think people find it of use to of great use. If you go out to softian.com under resources and the white papers, you'll find it right there and easily and uh, freely uh, download a copy. And I think uh, it'll you know share perspective on uh, on again how people what people are thinking and doing relative to distribution center automation, which as we've talked about here today remains so uh, so hot. Uh, yeah, definitely a big issue, and uh, and this is an, an interesting take on it from you guys. So uh, I really appreciate your having been here with us today. Thanks, Ben. I enjoyed it as always. Our guest today has been Dan Gilmore from Softion. Uh, back to you, Dave. Thank you, Dan and Ben. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. And Victoria, you've been looking into the latest statistics from the Logistics Managers Index. What do this month's numbers tell us about the health of the industry? That's right, Dave. Yes. So what they tell us is we continue to see a moderating of economic activity in the industry. Uh, again, as you say, as measured by the uh, Logistics Managers Index, or LMI, uh, researchers released the November report on Tuesday, and it showed that business conditions across the industry slowed for a second straight month. 
This continues a steady decline from the pandemic-induced record high demand for logistics services that we saw from about mid-2020 through early 2022. And just as a quick reminder to our listeners, the LMI measures economic activity in the industry by surveying logistics managers from across the country each month. A reading above 50 indicates growth and a reading below 50 indicates contraction. So in November, the LMI registered 53.6, and that's down roughly four points from October, and it's also the second lowest level in the index's history. The lowest level it saw was in April 2020 at the height of the pandemic, and at that time it was 51.3. The index then soared to readings in the 70s when online buying accelerated uh, during the pandemic, and it pretty much stayed there before slowing down this past spring. What all this means is that we're getting back to more typical activity levels. We're still in the 50s indicating growth, but not in the 70s, which indicates very strong growth. And when I say growth, I mean demand for logistics services, essentially. So demand is still strong, but it's nowhere near what it was over the past couple of years. Still strong, but slowing a bit. So what's driving the change? Well, first of all, the LMI researchers have been saying for much of the past two years that the rapid growth we'd been experiencing was unsustainable. So we were going to get back to more, quote, normal levels at some point. But the November slowdown was really driven by what the researchers called a long-anticipated wind-down of inventories. And our listeners will know that there's been a glut of inventory in the channel recently. But those levels have been dropping since February. Um, retailers and others have done a lot of work to move items uh, to store shelves and into consumers' homes. Um, and this, of course, picked up uh, in November in large part due to peak holiday shopping season. And although it's good news that the industry is working through that glut of inventory from earlier in the year, other measures across the industry remain tight and continue to challenge companies sort of up and down the supply chain. Two of them are uh, warehousing space and prices. Warehousing space is still really hard to come by and prices remain high. The LMI's warehousing capacity index is still below 50, which means contraction, and the warehousing prices index is still in the 70s range, indicating really high prices. So in general, conditions continue to moderate, but it's still tough out there on many fronts. Yeah, it seems that way, but a little more closer to normal, which might be better for the long term for the industry. Yes. Thanks, Victoria. You're welcome. And Ben, you reported this week on forecasts for freight rates as we're about to move into 2023. Can you share some details? I can. Uh, this is one of the big themes that we've been covering through the pandemic. And as Victoria said, of course, uh, the pandemic conditions put a lot of stress on different parts of the supply chain. One of that was uh, how much uh, shippers had to pay to, to move all that inventory. But there were a lot of reasons for that, of course. There have been labor shortages, driver shortages, uh, people, workers were out sick, all this kind of thing. But that, that tends to drive up prices. But as we head into 2023, uh, a number of forecasts are saying that those high freight rates are finally beginning to fall looking into the new year. Uh, for example, an ocean shipping uh, container exchange, it's a German container logistics uh, firm, uh, said that there's now a significant oversupply of containers with even more expected in the new year and shipping lines have been reducing vessel capacity and even having some blank sailings, which is a term uh, that means that they cancel some trips. Uh, in fact, Container Exchange uh, CEO Christian Roloffs said that in 2023, there's a high possibility of an all-out price war. Uh, so obviously for international shipping, that could mean really good news um, for, for retailers and manufacturers trying to move goods. Uh, another transport 
mode where there's growing extra capacities in trucking. Uh, that's according to Arrive Logistics. They're a Texas-based transportation provider, uh, and they shared their outlook for national drive-van and reefer truckload rates. And uh, the company's model uh, predicts that those that spot rates will remain relatively stable. Um, that that's of course the the, the short-term acquisition of capacity. Uh, but contract rates are continuing to what they call normalize, which means they're dropping from their big pandemic peaks uh, because freight tonnage declines are likely to occur uh, in the new year as economic conditions start to return to pre-pandemic levels. Well, that would obviously be welcome news to a lot of our listeners who are shippers, but these are still pretty turbulent times. And are these changes going to be more permanent, do you think? Well, all we know for sure about logistics is that nothing is permanent. Uh, and for sure, the freight market has always moved in cycles. Um, you know, having said that, um, you know, the trend is playing out across so many transportation modes simultaneously here that it does seem to be uh, a pretty foundational economic adjustment. Uh, for example, a third mode where rates are predicted to fall in 2023 is an air freight. That, that's a different situation because air, the air freight um, sector really suffered in pandemic, especially with uh, with travel lockdowns, um, because there just were fewer planes in the air and they couldn't move uh, very much uh, freight. So, um, so they're they're still losing a lot of money, um, but it, it, it's uh, rates are dropping as well. Looking into the new year, uh, Neil Van de Wau, he's the chief air freight officer at Zenita, which provides um, that they, they track freight levels and, and volumes and rates, said, to your point, that there's a lot of uncertainty still, and the market is very hard to read long term. But he did say that shippers should see some benefit from these trends in terms of their air and ocean budgets. And falling rates might provide a glimmer of hope for cash-strapped consumers also, uh, because, of course, lower shipping costs could get passed on to the shoppers. So uh, that, that's another step in this that we'll be sure to keep an eye on. Yeah, we definitely will keep track of that. Thanks, Ben. Glad to. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories and check out the podcast notes section for some direct links on the topics that we discussed today. And again, our thanks to Dan Gilmore from Softion for being our guest. We welcome your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters at your favorite podcast platform. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. Speaking of subscribing, check out our sister podcast series, Supply Chain in the Fastlane. It's co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. Our current series deals with labor. Subscribe to Supply Chain in the Fastlane wherever you get your podcasts. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by Aptian. Aptian Routing and Scheduling supports logistics and delivery fulfillment operations with the tools needed to optimize resources, automate route planning and proof of delivery processes, and drive savings of up to 30%. Your delivery operation can be a powerful vehicle to deliver game-changing customer service. Aptian Routing and Scheduling can help. Visit aptian.com and discover how now. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters. Be sure to join us. Until then, have a great week.